following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan, our number two. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. He's getting a couple of days off. Zane is going to be our executive producer and co-hosting a little bit tomorrow. We'll have Jeff Striegel from NASCAR Motor Racing Network, GM out of Berlin Raceway, one of the great short tracks in America on the west side of the state. And Superfly is going with... Four buddies, Mark. They're doing 81 holes of golf Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they put together menus and itineraries for every minute of every day, the three days. Now, again, you've been on getaways with your friends, right? Family? Sure. Uh, Maybe menus when everybody's going to cook and chip in. But I've never heard of a guy's golf trip that has like a menu written out. I have mixed emotions on that. That's strong. That's strong. It's strong or it's, yeah, it's strong smelling. I mean, we can can go a few different ways there. Uh, Mark is in studio. We try and bring him in once a month, uh, talk about uh, what's trending when it comes to high school sports uh, in the state of Michigan. You know, we talked earlier about uh, college football now following the NFL. They're going to shorten their games. And you mentioned how quick the Tigers' first game was. 6-5, they came back. And one, but two hours and four minutes in a game that featured 11 runs scored. Incredible. If take that 6-5 game and put it last year, Bill, and that's what, 3-10, 3-15. It's the, the pitch clock or the action clock that they've, they're calling it. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember a rule change that has made a bigger impact on the game in any pro sport in the last 30 years as, uh, as the action clock has. But here's, you're going to get to a point, though. And this is going to be a, a a bridge moment that when fans are paying that top dollar for a suite or a front row seat, and it's going by that fast. Even a great game today, six five Tigers were down five four, came back and won. You're going to start to wonder about the value of the ticket that I, I drove three hours right. to watch this game. I mean, you get a day night doubleheader today, game two tonight with the Mets. But I'm driving this far for these high prices at concessions. And the game was over in two hours. You know, it's going to be, there's going to be a bridge there where you're like, yeah, you're moving it fast for the younger generation TV. But what about those people that go to that ballpark? Yep. And I think ultimately uh, management might make some changes. And you'd like to say that they're, uh, 
The reason for it is for the fan experience. But on the other side of the coin, I think uh, there's a lot of clubs who are making less money now than what they did a year ago just because of shorter games, less beer, less food. And so I think, you know, the spin may be, well, we want to take better care of our fans in the ballpark. Well, no, the reality is with the gates opening an hour before game time is you want to get, uh, instead of right now, about three hours and 15 minutes of revenue, you probably want to bump it another half hour or hour. And so they're going to probably find the sweet spot. The other part, Bill, with baseball is I'll be curious um, to see what the postseason looks like. You know, it's one thing when the weather's cold or cool in um, April or early May, but now when the games get really important and every pitch matters more, um, put that in the playoff setting, and now you've got that 20-second clock. I think that's where you'll see some pushback, too. I think there'll be an adjustment. Playoffs, they might uh, push the clock back 10 seconds. Not this year, but I'm talking down the road. And you you brought up exactly where I was going on. What are these teams going to do to grab that extra hour of revenue they're losing with these new speeded up games like the Tigers winning 6-5 today in downtown Detroit? I think they're going to open the gates two hours before. You bet. And they're going to let people watch BP and do the old school thing. And you're going to feel that you're, you're in your seat. You're going up grabbing a dog or, you know, a Philly sandwich. You know, you're going to get in there earlier, which means... You're going to buy a beer. You're going to buy your kids hot dogs, pizza, whatever it is. I think that's what they're going to do. Yep, that's probably the next uh, the next reaction to. Again, it's you know they're not funding their teams based on concessions, but that's a big part of it. You know, the TV money is one thing, but um, it all of that it's a bottom line business, and yeah, we'll see how the new rules on and then the business side uh, you mix those together and. You'll see where it ends up. Well, we're going to start this hour uh, with Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, get an update on your thoughts on the shot clock and boys and girls basketball in the state of Michigan. But we did talk about uh, the clock uh, with college football now following the NFL and it's going to keep it running after first downs. It won't happen in high school. D3 isn't doing it because they're not they're not hooked on. I'm surprised D2 did it, uh, that th- those divisions aren't TV contract heavy. Right, exactly. You go you go to a Big Ten game and you sit in the stadium, and the number of media timeouts. I mean, the game is almost unwatchable in the stadium. And now it's going to move quicker. And I, I, I'm going to wonder at the end of the games. And I know they're going to slow it down in the final two minutes, but I'm I'm not sure about that college rule change. So that won't come to the high school level. Uh, we'll get to the possibility of umpires maybe with a pitch clock because baseball high school games can, you know be short and drag on, be 18, 15. You know, I know parents love it because they're seeing their kids get at-bats and they're all watching it. Uh, So we'll touch on the possibility maybe of a pitch clock or something or an umpire, you know, with a handheld clock being able to, you know, count down on getting in and out of uh, pitches. Uh, But the shot clock of basketball, Aunt Wright, who asked some questions, you answered most of them in our number one. Uh... Other states are adding it. It's not universal everywhere. You deal a lot with border states. You see what Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, what they're doing, Minnesota. Uh, how many states surrounding us have shot clocks right now? So the the one in the Midwest that we um, kind of part of our, our weekly group of other directors I check in with is Iowa jumped in with both feet. So uh, Iowa for how both, long ago was that? That was for this year. So they started right off the bat with a shot clock this past season. Yep, this past season, boys and girls, boys and girls. Um, 
Ohio was a no, Indiana was a no, Illinois was a no, and Wisconsin was a no. You know, we allowed, uh, we had some holiday tournaments that, and as I mentioned earlier, that did that as an experiment. Um, so we've gotten some good feedback from that. I think the biggest takeaway is we had a, a staff member for the 24 games played at the Breslin. So it was 12 uh, semifinal and final games in girls, and it was then 12 semifinal and final games in boys. So 24 games of data. And what our staff member did is essentially ran a shot clock that was only visible to him. And so every time a shot went up and it hit the rim, or every time a shot was taken, we grabbed that data. Because it resets when it hits the rim. You got it. So what do you think, Bill? Again, I'm not going to want to overreact to this because it is only 24 games. And you are dealing with the best teams in the state, so it's not a case to where when you get to Breslin, you've got a huge mismatch to where one team is going to really try and slow the tempo or hold the ball. But what do you think? I'm going to ask the question on air, Bill. Take a guess. In those 24 games, what was the average possession length before a shot was taken? 50 seconds. 18 seconds. 18 seconds. So, See, so, so the one thing what you're bringing up, and I, I get your vibe, Mark, that high school, there are a lot of shots that can hit the rim and reset a clock, but the kids aren't the pure shooters you see at the college and pro level. Correct. correct. So we would start the, the shot clock when so after a make or an inbounds, and from as soon as the ball was touched, that stopwatch would start. And taking the time of how long did the offense now moving down to the other 18 end? 18 seconds a shot, really. Average. That so, was the average. So what over- about people that see, like, the Rockford, uh, who was on the other side there? Uh, it was Rockford, Grace Lions hit that huge yep. shot. West Bloomfield. Uh, Rock- West Bloomfield. That game was like, you know, 18-14 going into the fourth quarter, something like that. When people see those really low-scoring games, is that a product of no shot clock? of possession basketball or is it the fact that you have two great teams who have reached the Breslin or a regional final or a quarterfinal that can play some defense? I think it's a combination of those. And I'll add in, in two more things, again, just offering my, my two cents on this. Uh, what our data shows from those 24 games is I don't think it's a shot clock issue. Taking, what is it? Taking the Rockford-West Bloomfield game uh, in particular – I think you did have some really good defense. Um, the other two things that I think, and again, that's why we can't just make decisions based on the 24 games at Breslin. I think there is a Breslin center effect whenever teams play there. Uh, you're not used to playing in a big arena. You're used to a high school gym with a wall just behind. And so uh, I think our shooting percentages over the years at Breslin, just a little bit of the, the nerves factor, and this is different factor is there. And then the other thing where we are are having serious conversations is we're looking to go out and purchase our own floor that we would use in the Breslin or wherever our finals could be one day, having our own floor and putting that down with, you know, obviously our logo and probably a, a state logo. Because if you watch those 24 games, because the way Michigan State, so we've got the two three-point lines, you got the high school line at 19 feet, 9 inches, and then you've got the college line that's at 22-whatever. Well, they have the, the, the shading of the quarter, the way that the, the wood is stained, is of the three-pointers that were taken over those 24 games, most of those 
were taken beyond or behind the college line just because I think that visual effect of the the lighter wood, the darker wood, uh, yeah, there's two lines there. So you saw a bunch of shots. So the reason that Rockford-West Bloomfield game was 18-14 um, going into the second half is because the shooting was so poor. I think part of it was, again, shots being taken further than they normally would be in a high school game, and then they think you add in the nerves and the Breslin factor a little bit. So... Um, we've got to collect more data, not just from the 24 games at our finals. Um, but I thought that was interesting that the, you know, the hue and cry from some that, you know, well, we need to have a shot clock. We got to get shots up quicker, um, because of the delay or four corner or stall offenses. Uh, the data, at least from the 24 games we captured, uh, tell a different story. So from member schools, because you, you started your appearance today, a little after three o'clock, saying that, look, I don't make the decisions. Uh, we, we are driven by input from all of our member high schools in the state of Michigan. Have you ever taken a, a poll, sent out an email, you know, Google polls, analytics, whatever it is, on their interest in a shot clock for boys and girls high school basketball? Have you? We certainly have. So and what, what was the feedback? It, it could not have been more disparate. So we did a survey of our basketball coaches and then our school administrators. I will say in general, the feedback from the basketball coaching community is there is there is some interest in having a shot clock. I think for uh, programs that have kids go on to play at the next level, they believe that this will just get kids ready for that next level. I think others think that um, in the coaching world that, you know what, if we have a shot clock, what we might get away from late in games is this foul fest. Um because right now, to be able to get the ball back, if you're down, you're fouling and sending you know the opponents to the line to try and get a missed free throw and go. And if there was a shot clock, maybe you wouldn't have to foul as much. So you do have some coaches that are still uh, quite traditional. You do have some coaches that still believe that um, certain games, certain opponent, that playing at a slower tempo is in our team's best interest. And frankly, as a coach, I should have that option available. So that was the feedback from coaches. You ask administrators, there was very little support. Um, I think a lot of our schools struggle for table personnel now. Um, and if you now add a shot clock, you know, to run the game clock in a, in a basketball game is pretty simple. Uh, once the ball's touched in bounds, the game clock starts. And then once the whistle blows, the game clock stops. You have shot clock. You've really got to have a sharp clock operator that the shot clock's running and the defense, well, did they just deflect it so I keep the shot clock running? Uh, did that defender actually get possession just for an instant, which would now mean a shot clock reset? Did the ball hit the rim, graze the rim, miss the rim? Um, and so, you again, that some would say, well, you know, you could figure that out. And I believe if we get there, we would. But that is a very real concern that a lot of our schools have a hard time finding folks that want to step forward and, and work uh, on the game day team. And, you know, going to a shot clock, you not only need an extra person, but you need a very competent extra person that knows rules, knows when to reset, when not to. Um, so that's why we're going to keep getting feedback. But that's what we've heard in the, the two surveys that we've done so far. Do you envision in this window, so if I went two to five years, that there'll be a shot clock inside Michigan High School gymnasiums for boys and girls basketball? Am I in the too soon category or it could happen? 
I don't see it. I'll just I'll take it year by year. So next school year, I don't see it yet. We just don't have enough data. Um, like I said, this has got to be something where we have support within our entire community, which includes both coaches and administrators. Um, we're not saying no and shutting the door uh, to even considering this, which some of our other Midwest states, that's the, the stance they've taken. Uh, you know, the stance in Indiana is that there will not be a shot clock. Period. Um, no input, no survey, no conversation. So you're saying they have some basketball attitude in the Hoosier State. They uh, have a little bit of. Uh, they want to keep it. They want to keep the tradition, right? They do the purity of it, and um, you know their executive director. Uh, former, he's six ten. Former college basketball player was actually a college teammate of Kevin Duckworth at Eastern Illinois University. Wow. And uh, Paul Neidig is his name, and Paul actually tells a great story. So Paul was two years older than Kevin Duckworth, and when Kevin Duckworth, again, longtime uh, Portland Trailblazer, those of us that love the Pistons in the 80s and 90s know exactly who Kevin Duckworth was, uh, 6'10", and when he came to school, he was about almost 400 pounds. And Paul said that his playing time his last two years was in direct correlation to Kevin Duckworth's weight, that whenever Kevin Duckworth's weight went down and he got into better shape, Paul's minutes also went down. Um, he said just a great guy and a great teammate. But no, Paul's a, a basketball guy from a basketball state. And and in uh, you know the feedback from their community, um, it's just not going to happen in Indiana. Um, I'm much more of a what's our membership want us to do. And that's really where we're at uh, currently with the shot clock. Uh, divisions. Adding divisions to mere football for basketball. I, I'm, I don't think you're going to go to 10 because you have... Uh, the two eight-man divisions, uh, but you have what is it? It's ten in football, right? It is eight eight uh, on the eleven-player side and two on the eight-player side. Right, and basketball sits at four on both sides with boys and girls. Right? Yep, in almost all of our sports, it sits at four. So, and- what's been the feedback from the member schools on adding? You know, maybe it, you go. Do you go to five? Do you go to six initially? See how it goes, and bump it to eight uh, one day. Um, because originally football used to be about class A, B, C, D, and that was your, you know, state champions. Uh, what about expanding the divisions in basketball for boys and girls? Sure. So the, I think what listeners need to first understand is the reason we have uh, 10 divisions in football uh, isn't the fact that football is more important than anything else. Uh, the nature of football, you can only play one game a week. So if you, as we have tried to expand, and when I say we, this obviously predates me, but when you now expand the number of schools that can be part of the playoffs, you're either going to have a high school playoff system if you kept it to four classes, but keep having more schools in, uh, you'd have a, a football playoffs that would go three months. Well, that that's not doable. That doesn't work on the calendar. So what the fix was is we, we want to have a five-round tournament but to include more schools, what you have to do is you have to increase divisions. That That's just simple math. And football's different because you can only play that one game a week. We, just before COVID, started to at least have initial conversations in the six sports that are sponsored by at least 600 of our schools. So uh, I think as we stand today, we have 749 member high schools in our organization. There are six sports um where at least 600 of our schools of the 749 sponsor the sport, and those are girls and boys basketball, it's volleyball, it's track and field, it's cross country, and... Soccer? 
Nope, and it's not soccer. And then uh, football also has at least 600, but they're kind of their own thing. So what we are going to talk about with our membership in the fall when we have our area meetings or our update meetings is we're going to see what the temperature is for going to a fifth division in those sports where at least 600 schools have it. And that would be basketball yep. included, right? So what what would five divisions look like in basketball? What would five divisions look like in volleyball? How about track and field and cross country, which are often together? And then the other two that also are 600 or more are baseball and softball. So we'd start with that group first. Um, the reality is after you get past those sports with at least 600 schools that have it, there's a huge divide of the next uh, the next sport i think the next highest sport for girls is we have just under 500 schools that play girls soccer and on the boys side the next uh the next popular sport is boys golf with like 506 schools so the conversation would be for one more division limited to those sports again the high participation sports because our membership goes from 3,000 kids. Next school year, East Kentwood will be the biggest high school in the state of Michigan, all the way down to some very small schools that are right around uh, 15 students. What's interesting is we're now down with the shrinking high school population. Uh, We only have five high schools that have 2,500 or more students. In the total number of schools with 2,000 or more uh, students, um, it's at 18 so obviously, yeah, we've got some really big schools, but it's like less than 20. So going to a fifth division model, I think that would help a lot of our schools in the middle find a little bit more equity in terms of competition. It also, again, it doesn't go from four to 10 divisions, but I think it would be a, a big step in the right direction that would uniquely not only help big schools, small schools, medium schools. It's one of those fixes, Bill, that I think would give everybody some relief regardless of the size of school. Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association joining us in studio. You have a high school shout out or question you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-4843 easiest way to interact at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. One final segment with Mark coming up after this network T.O. From Grand Rapids to Detroit this show is huge. At Mercantile Bank, we understand that different businesses have different needs. That's why our team of business specialists take the time to understand your business, your goals, and your objectives. We provide tailored solutions and innovative products, all delivered locally. So when you're ready to work with a partner who understands your unique business needs, call us. We're here and ready to put the wheels in motion. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business, and let's make dreams a reality. Member FDIC. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Got any plans for Mental Health Action Day? You do now. Join us online on Thursday, May 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. for In Tune, a free live stream event featuring performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to find out how you can log in and join the celebration for free. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day. Take action. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org and join the celebration. Imagine this. 
winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more, and especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives and they can accommodate any group whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration that includes a little business, golf, great food and beverages just go to TullymoreGolf.com that's TullymoreGolf.com they're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan less than an hour north of GR get more info at TullymoreGolf.com You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan on a MHSAA Wednesday. Now, you can follow all the spring sports on demand and live at MHSAA.tv. You want to check out all the districts for the upcoming playoffs for all the spring championships, MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. We've got another seven, eight minutes in studio with Mark Ewell, Executive Director for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We both remarked how the Tigers came back and beat the Mets in game one of that day-night doubleheader, 6-5, two hours and four minutes. Second game uh, will start, I think, around 6-40 tonight in downtown Detroit. And then, you know, we try and look at pros to college to high school, and you ask yourself, you love the pitch clock in the majors. I like it as well. I like how fast it moves. Saturday afternoon, 80 degrees. I don't know if I'll want a game sure. to move uh, that fast. Maybe this will bring more doubleheaders on the weekends to teams, knowing they can draw people in. You're going to get two for the price of one. Uh, do any of these rule changes you've seen Major League Baseball tinker with, extra innings, all this, any chance any of those rules ever make their way to the high school baseball? I don't I don't think so. The, the pitch clock, our issue... Yeah, you do have some long games. Yeah, you have a lot of scoring. Uh, the issue at the high school level isn't the frequency that pitches are thrown. The issue is the inaccuracy of pitches that are thrown. Uh, nobody's holding the ball and you know adjusting every piece of equipment or their jersey or you know their their necklace. Um, a lot of times, it's just inexperience and not being able to throw consistent strikes, especially at the sub varsity level. But you know, I, I don't see any need for us to go to the bigger bases. I don't see any need for us uh, to limit the number of times you can throw over to first. 
Um, really, you know, high school baseball is played in seven innings rather than nine. Um, I think our climate with a lot of cool temperatures kind of drives the fact that pace of play is quicker. And you just hope that the high school level pitchers can throw strikes and defenders can make plays. And if that happens, uh, game time really isn't an issue. All right, with the spring championships, you're doing the uh, usual. Uh, you get that great setting at Michigan State. That's where, for soccer, softball, and baseball, correct? Those three are there. And then uh, West Michigan right here in Grand Rapids is becoming a huge host for us. Uh, both uh, both genders of our lacrosse finals are over here in West Michigan. On June 10th, uh, girls' lacrosse finals go back to Rockford High School in a new venue for boys. And again, on June 10th, I'm not sure, Bill, there's a prettier athletic venue in any high school in the country um, than East Grand Rapids. So East Grand Rapids High School with that great view of Reeds Lake, they're going to be our host site for our boys' lacrosse finals. So if you're a big lacrosse person on June 10th, Head to Grand Rapids. A lot of great lacrosse going on. And, of course, the weekend before, uh, state track and field finals are at four different venues right here in Grand Rapids. So, no, excited that uh, spring championships uh, just around the corner, and uh, West Michigan will be a huge part of that. With your executive council meetings this weekend, uh, member schools, what has been a consensus, if you can find a consensus on anything, on adding that, additional boys sport which could be boys volleyball and a girls sport any timetable on that no timetable we're going to talk about emerging sports and when i put that in that category is first uh, how can girls wrestling continue to grow i think then another conversation is boys volleyball um, I think a fairly straightforward sport to add, and there's a lot of interest in that community, is water polo, adding both girls and boys because you're talking school uh, pool facilities are already in place. You've got a pretty good network of water polo schools right now that play. Um, that is run by the Water Polo Coaches Association, so there is some interest that uh, that could become an MHSAA sport at some time. So I think those are the ones that uh, move to the front of the line. You know, girls hockey, we just haven't seen those numbers grow as fast as we would. And um, with looking at new opportunities, you know, we've talked on air before about girls flag football. When would you play that? What's the right time of the year? And then, yeah, you like to talk about the new opportunities, but yeah, you've also got to figure out how you can support what you're currently doing. I mean, softball numbers at a lot of our schools to have a JV and varsity team are becoming harder and harder. Softball is a sport I really, really worry about in terms of participation numbers. And you begin to add new activities. You also have to uh, do the mental math of how is this going to impact what we're already offering to. Mark Kuhl, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. Like I said, every Wednesday uh, through early June, we'll do shout-outs for seniors at Michigan High School. The Auger, listening on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station in Grand Rapids. Shout-out uh, to West Catholic High School, Caleb Klinger going to Hope, Timmy Kloska going to Army, Joe Debsky to Alma, and Andrew uh I, I think it's McClary to Michigan Tech and football. Cadence Dykstra uh, to Toledo women's basketball. She's a tough 
know the Dykstra's well. She's a tough cookie. She's good, really good. And, and I have to, I have to throw my own kid under the bus here. The the young man, the running back from West Catholic, who's going to West Point, actually had a conversation in the Air Force locker room after a game this year, um, where he was out there on a visit uh, to Air Force, and I guess uh, my Timmy Klaska, right? Yep, yeah, yep. And I guess uh, my kid didn't do a good enough job of recruiting Tim, so he's headed headed to West Point. Uh, God bless him and good luck. Yeah, Ace, my son. Uh, works out with him in that power strength elite program with both the Kloskas, you know, Hearns, uh, just a really talented group of athletes on the west side of the state. Tate Baker, a question for you. Would the MHSA ever consider moving the D1 football state championship game to another time slot because it's always up against Michigan-Ohio State? Yes. Um, so we are looking. That conversation started just before COVID. Following COVID, we've kind of stayed in that same rhythm. But, uh, you know, as we, we look at some point to renew our TV deal with Bally Sports and what Bally's, what their name is going to be is the Bally's is going away. We've had that conversation about what if we moved some of those game times because you're right. To enjoy that D1 game, every year it's up against uh, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines at noon. G. Smitty comments at Huge Show on Twitter. Shout out to William Churchill, senior Rochester Adams High Baseball, uh, committed to the Battle Creek Kellogg Bruins. Uh, Kearsley Football gives a shout out to Bryce Furman, 2023 Almont High School Football, committed to play football at Trine University in the MIAA. Uh, David Drabeck, Ava Drabeck from Ann Arbor Pioneer Women's Ice Hockey. Uh, Steve, I think it's um, Uchman. Uh, Ty Uchman, Grand Rapids Christian Baseball, George Mason University uh, commit. Uh, Motorcade comments at Huge Show on Twitter. Pascal and Colin Jolman, Fruitport High School Football. So there you go. Uh, Some of the comments. Grace Lyons, Mitch Lyons. That's a surprise. Grace hit one of the legendary state championship shots. Rockford girls basketball. I think she is committed to Ferris State yep, University. Yep, heard that too. Yeah, last time. Uh, Trenton High School Hockey. Uh, tuning in on the roar out of Detroit. Jacob Wiseman, Micah Knighting, Carter Allen, Ethan uh, Slivey, Blake Boyk. Are they making up these names just to drive me nuts here? Matthew Venka and Ryan Bates, Trenton High School Hockey. Shout out to the seniors there from Trenton. That's a powerhouse. Uh, hockey program sure uh, isn't. I bet all those kids have great hockey hair too. That they do, uh, yeah. the playoff flow. Yeah, I, I, I thought about trying to grow out my hair, but I'd look like a you know a bad Viking. Uh, Ellie Shepard, Peyton Otto, Olivet High School state ranked track discus and shot put. Uh, USA Dad tweets at huge show. Skylar Emerson, Troy Athens, three sport varsity athlete, cross country captain, voted Red Hawk of the year basketball captain led the team in scoring assist and steals voted red hawk offensive player of the year soccer forward on the current sixth ranked team and girls in the state uh, mark bernke uh, Mady jamrog kyra clankenstell ava prelip hamilton high school for our listeners on whtc paul bear sandy lyle homeschooled in basketball uh, caleb bale rockford high school football player cam duel uh, sends that in. A lot of shout-outs. And if I don't get them today, promise, uh, throughout the Wednesdays into early June, uh, I will give them to you. Hey, man. Oh, Caleb McKinley is going to Adrian for baseball and football. Thank you, Superfly Hayes, for that update. Mark, uh, thank you for enjoying 93 stops from Lansing to Grand Rapids with the construction that's happening at every mile marker. Uh, appreciate you coming in studio. It's really good stuff.
Thanks, Bill. All right. On the way, Dr. Pink will join us. Another moving Ferris forward conversation with a leader in Big Rapids at Ferris State University. Dr. Pink and other great men and women at Ferris are moving Ferris forward. We'll get the latest uh, from Dr. Pink's office next. Everything huge 24-7 at net. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass at IU Superfly Hayes My producer uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So you have the chase for the NBA rings going on right now. Some unbelievable action. And they have an offer for new customers who are listening, who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up because those new customers then can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay ever. Every day during the NBA playoffs, just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses, they'll give you a bonus bet back up to the amount of your initial bet, up to $10. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in required. One bonus bet issued based on amount of initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It is time for another edition of Moving Ferris Forward. Each week on The Huge Show across Michigan, we'll hear... 
from Dr. Pink, the president in Big Rapids at Ferris State University. You can find out more about how so many leaders and people are moving Ferris forward. Go to ferris.edu. I think President Pink is standing by here statewide on the huge show across Michigan. Welcome back, my friend. It is so good to talk to you. And I got to tell you, Bill, it's always good to hear some Ohio players. I love it. I know we have the coolest music coming in. Uh, our second edition here of Moving Ferris Forward. And I've been following Ferris University's Twitter page like I always do with athletics and Ferris football, basketball, all your sports. I really like President Pink in a little over a year as the leader there at Ferris. These partnerships you're developing, and I saw the Crystal Mountain partnership, how you can include your students. Uh, you're close to a, a very popular tourist a destination. I think that's a big one for Ferris. It's huge on that uh, on the bill. Um, what what we realized is the the notion of what I'm calling we call it a comprehensive partnership. So you take a Crystal Mountain and you think about golf. You think about hospitality. Well, we've got two awesome programs. We have a professional golf management program that sends um, uh, pros all over the country managing uh, golf courses. We have an awesome hospitality management program. You think about those for uh, a resort like that. What we're going is we're going several steps for, uh, further than that. We're saying in a comprehensive partnership, there are other things they need as well that Fair State provides. So management, business management, accounting, IT, HVAC, all of these kind of programs that we have that we're saying to Crystal Mountain, look, you guys have these needs on your in your organization. Let us be that close partner with you to develop those workforce pipelines in all those areas, whether it be an internship or folks that are going to work for them. And we're looking forward to this partnership with them. Yeah, President Pink uh, from Ferris State University in Big Rapids on the west side of the state, uh, helping move Ferris forward. Find out more about everything uh, Ferris has to offer. Go to ferris.edu. And I also saw on the Ferris University, Ferris State University uh, Twitter page, Adam Antor tweeted out he's excited to share that he'll be joining Ferris State as a tenure track faculty member in professional esports production this fall at Ferris. You talk oh, yeah. about moving things forward into the next generation. Tell me about that esports production uh, department you have at Ferris. Bill, we have uh, coming uh, up and we'll get up and online this fall and brand new Center for Virtual Learning that will actually house an eSports arena in that building. Um, that arena will, will uh, we're looking at that be one of, if not the uh, um, highest quality state-of-the-art eSports arenas that you're going to find on a university campus. That program has uh, there's several hundred students on our campus who have some touch on that esports program, either in playing or even in esports game production. And it's a huge market right now, Bill. It's a huge industry across the country, and Ferris State is taking a strong foot into that space in saying uh, students, uh, people can come to our institution. They can engage with that esports program, whether it be as a as a esports player 
as a game designer or both. It's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, and that's part of the vision of President Pink and other great men and women at Ferris that are moving Ferris forward. You talk about opening up an esports arena, esports production, uh, students who can be a part of esports teams. Uh, that truly is moving Ferris forward. Well, and because we we're we're having folks contact us about this because as they're hearing more about our esports offering, they're saying, "How do we partner with you?" And to me. Um, you know, you talk about Crystal Mountain, you talk about esports. We can't get it done, Bill, without partnerships. And uh, that's what we're about. That's what my uh, a big part of my leadership uh, paradigm is about. How do you partner? Because the more we partner, the more opportunities we bring for our students to get into some really good paying career paths. If you want to partner with Ferris and help move Ferris forward, go to ferris.edu if you're interested or maybe looking at your children or a potential student, or you want to kind of reset your life, ferris.edu, President Pink, a little over a year, doing great things and helping move Ferris forward. My man, a wonderful conversation. We'll talk next week. Always a pleasure, my brother. Appreciate you. All right, back at you, President Pink. An eSports arena. How am I not the first announcer up there? Nothing against Rob Bentley, who does a great job on Ferris football and basketball. With Sandy Golston, too, but I need to be like an arena announcer. Esports. Like the E Octagon. You can find out more about Ferris and how they're moving Ferris forward. Ferris.edu. That's Ferris.edu. I also have a reminder from Johnny Brand Sr., all the brand steakhouse and grills. Man, if you're looking for the best lunch deal in the state. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. $6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket and Fries at all the brands Steakhouse and Grills. $6.99 Steakhouse Burger Basket and Fries. $6.99 Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. You'll find the brands in Bay City, Caledonia, Johnny Brands in Granville, Brands in Holland, Johnny Brands on Leonard, and Mike Brands in Cascade, just east of GR. For the one close to you, go to brands.com. Big. Bad. Huge.